0: I know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting.
1: Those
2: weekend golf guys. It is us, John Ashton, here in studio, Jeff Smith, God knows where. He claims to be a golf instructor, yet there are myriad people who are calling us saying, wait a minute now, we keep knocking on the doors of the golf cave at Otter Creek in Columbus, and Jeff won't answer.
3: Well, I will answer. On the days that I'm there, I'm really there. And then the days that I'm not there, I'm usually out of town. Yeah. (laughs) I happen to be in uh, the beautiful rolling hills of Tennessee at the moment. I've spent some time in North Carolina yesterday Uh teaching golf. Today, I spent a little bit of time... With a, with a golf instructor friend of mine, Mr. Uh, Virgil Herring. He mm-hmm. is uh golf magazine top 100 teacher kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we spent a little bit of time together talking about some teaching techniques and some things that uh, we'd like to do together. And I am happy to report that I've had a lot of fun. I'm headed back to uh, Columbus, so all of my students in Columbus, Indiana, are now uh, able, to, able to get some help because I'm actually going to be there uh, tonight.
2: Did you learn anything?
3: So I learned a lot of stuff, yeah. As a matter of fact, I even... I even did something that was not learning and not teaching. I supported a local Girl Scout. She was selling some Thin Mint cookies, and <laughs> I was certainly obliged to buy some.
2: Of course you are.
3: Those are my absolute favorite Girl Scout cookies.
2: You know what you do with Thin you know, Mints, man? one thing I want to know. Okay. You eat them. No, no. You th- eat
3: them. You eat them a lot of them.
2: Yeah, but, but this is what you do. You take, you take them out of the package, and you squirt yeah. some whipped cream between them, and then you put them in the freezer for
3: about Ooh. an hour. Ooh. Yeah. Really?
2: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: You see, yeah. I've not been around uh, thin mint cookies long enough to do that.
2: Yeah, well, you know, after a <laughs> while they get boring, you have to start going for alternative methods. So one box thin mint cookies. That's terrific. Remove from box, spread whipped cream liberally between each slice, put them back in the package, and put them in the freezer. huh. And then just sit back and pour yourself maybe a cup of hot cocoa or some coffee or something and... Uh,
3: That sounds fantastic.
2: You will never eat a Thin Mint a la carte again. And you You thought we were only here to talk about golf, didn't you, huh? We are well-rounded individuals.
3: I want to know one thing about Thin Mint cookies. Mm -hmm. I need to know how many Thin Mint cookies it takes before I start to see results. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I want to know. (laughs) <laughs> That's what I want to know uh-huh.
2: <laughs> I think you well, you know
3: people ask me that all the time how many golf shots do they have to sit, right. sit hit until they see results right How many one and you either did it or you didn't do it <laughs> No, realistically, um, you know it, when when I train people's golf shots you know or to hit, to hit certain golf shots, they're going to learn what it's going to take for that club to touch the ball to move the ball the way they want. When I set them up to do it, and then I train them to do it, and then they kind of get a handle on that. I'm going to put a ball down there, and then next thing you know, they're going to they're going to make that club move in the way it needs to move, and that ball is going to jump out of there, and it's going to do what they're talking about doing, and uh, they're going to be amazed. I'm like, "Yep, see, you could do that." And the guys that come to me are always the guys that say, "I can't do this. I can never hit a draw because I'm always hitting a slice, and that's all I ever do." And I'm like, "Well, that's all you ever set up to do, and so you've ever." told yourself how to do it they just don't know what it needs to do and it's generally speaking it's the opposite of what they've been doing
2: (laughs) (laughs) but but see most of us who hit a slice don't do it consciously or on purpose
3: right so
2: we wouldn't know what what it is
3: is but half of them know they're cutting across it then i'll go well why wouldn't you cut across it the opposite direction to make it go the opposite direction they're like uh that's just a little too smart
2: well, no, I mean I may know when I when I slice the ball that I'm coming across it, but I don't know what it is I'm doing that makes me come across it. So therefore, I can't Sometimes consciously you don't need to replicate know what you
3: do to come across that. Right, but if I just said, okay, then we need to move the club the other way. How would we go about doing that? And then I'd show them here's what your hands and arms would then do, and they go, oh, I can clearly see that my club does move that way. So then we sit there and we'll train that a little bit, and then get them to feel it. Right, and then I'll have them. Make a few swings like that, and then we can have some evidence that the club was moving that way. I might put something down for them to swing around.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
2: You know,
3: like a little barrier or something.
2: Or... Oh, yeah.
3: (laughs) You know, like a head cover. Or another (laughs) golf ball. You know, hit this one without hitting that one.
2: Yeah. And I'll give you a nickel. Uh
3: (laughs) Yeah. Or or a thin mint cookie. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. See, but my point was... I'm not sure I'll do that. I think I'd much rather
2: give him a nickel. My, yes, because you, you can't buy a thin mint for a nickel anymore. Uh, but my point no. was, unless you have a Jeff Smith-ish guy watching and explaining, you are coming across it because you are doing A, followed by B, followed by C, followed by D, F, G through Z, which are all wrong, then uh, you're not going to be able to uh, understand. But that's that's why you take lessons, so you understand because before you can fix what you're doing wrong, you have to understand what you're doing wrong, or at least understand how to do it right.
3: I think that's the point I was trying to make. Is sometimes I'm not going to bog them down with what they're doing. I might just redirect their focus into what they need to be doing. Right. And then I'll set them up so that they can physically pull that off. Okay. And so they have instead of the thoughts of you know because there's only so many things that we can process at one time and 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 those of us like me i can only you know like handle like one <laughs> that's right so i would want to i would want to make sure that, that that would be a to do thing instead of a not to do thing exactly because you know, if you tell them you know what they were doing to make that other shot that they didn't want happen i don't want my my students to, to be in the world of avoiding the negative i'd rather much have them be in the world of working toward the positive
2: Work toward this positive. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot more to come. We're going to be talking about uh, how to get fitted properly for a putter, how to uh, play properly in a one club tournament. Wow. That sounds challenging. Yeah. It's fun, though. We're going to be right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Don't you move.
4: Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get on board with the tax admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits.
1: Don't take on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill sometimes. I can even get it zeroed out completely.
4: We're an A-rated company with over 30 years experience, helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. And we have a nice, 95% customer satisfaction
5: rating.
1: If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away.
5: Call 800 329 2708. Again, that's 800 329 2708. 800 329 2708. 800 329 2708.
2: And from the Encore Golf Studios, we are those weekend golf guys. That's where you find us on the weekends, right here every weekend, same time, same place. We really do appreciate you hanging out. I'm John Ashton, Jeff Smith, my cohort. He's the S in guys, is what he is, because alone, either one of us would just be a weekend golf guy. But we're not. We're guys. Couple of us here. Jeff Smith, of course, from Otter Creek, the Plain and Simple Golf School in Columbus, Indiana. But today, uh, somewhere on the road right. in Tennessee. But uh, I wanted to ask you a question, right. man, because a lot of times uh, amateurs are are confused by uh, the the whole talk of loft and lie. And you know, we talked last week uh, and and the week prior to that a little bit about fitting clubs. But I, I was given a um, a tour Edge Exotics, I mean, very nice golf club. It's what they call their X9, and it's yeah. kind of a hybrid-looking club. Uh-huh. But I was looking at it, and it's a 19-degree loft. So is my 5-wood. So my question is, why would I need to carry two clubs in my bag of the same loft, or do I?
3: Have you put those two clubs next to each other and looked at them? No. First suggestion, try that. Okay. You're going to notice a few differences one of them is going to have more mass, and it's going to be your five-wood. Right. And that mass is going to be further, you know, the center of mass of that club is going to be further from the ball, meaning it's behind the face more because the the head is larger. It's more elongated in the back than a hybrid club, which is kind of squashed toward the front. Right. So first, that 19-degree club struck the same way will launch the ball higher.
2: The five-wood will launch it higher.
3: Because the center of gravity of the five-wood will launch it higher. Okay. Okay and it'll it'll provide a little bit more spin because it's not just the loft but the center gravity of that club is further back and quite possibly lower we don't know but it certainly is further back right okay now the same thing you'll another thing you'll look at is that the hybrid shaft is significantly shorter than your 5 wood shaft so your 5 wood will come will come in with ostensibly a higher club head speed so if you have a higher club head speed and also higher launch, guess, who's, guess which club's going to hit it further? The five wood. Right. So a lot of people, they get these clubs in their hands and they go, well, this degree is this and this degree is that, but yet they, they, they're not taking into account other properties of the club that will make a difference in the carry distance and height and how a ball spins and jumps out of there. You just got to know that it's not only the loft that matters. There's a lot of things about a club.
2: So with the hybrid then, the, the, the X9, which is, a, I mean, they have it listed as a 3 hybrid, would that be useful in particular situations or particular lies or particular yeah. meteorological conditions or, or what?
3: Well, I'll tell you, um, particular lies especially. You know, coming out of the rough, there's a lot of people struggle with a longer shaft. It'll effectively be a flatter swing plane coming into the rough. And it might not get down to where the golf ball is sometimes. Mm-hmm. But with the shorter shafted hybrid, it comes in a little bit steeper, a little bit similar to an iron. It'll come in there and it'll come out of there uh, pretty hot. Okay. So a lot of times people use the hybrids out of light rough and have tremendous success. And then sometimes people key off with hybrids. Generally speaking, they're, they're, the launch angle is a little bit lower than the fairway would and it penetrates pretty well. So if, maybe if it's a windy day, the 5-wood 19 degrees might balloon up into the air a little bit, so you may want to pull out the hybrid that launches the ball you know, a little bit lower and maybe not with as much spin, and it would keep it below the tree line. Yes, there are situations that you would choose one club over another. Sometimes it's just the, the conditions that are on the ground, like I mentioned with the rough, and sometimes it's conditions that are in the air and maybe it's uh, you know a little windy. A lot of people find that the shorter shaft is also easier to hit off of tight lies, like irons are. Mm-hmm. You've got your your 19-degree club, and maybe you're sitting there staring at a 190-yard shot out of the fairway, and it's a really nice tight lie. And you might think, I'm not sure if this hybrid is or if this fairway wood is going to do it because I don't have too much success hitting fairway woods off of the... Uh, off the fairway as much, well, maybe it, you'll find out that the length of the hybrid shaft matches up better, swing it more like an iron, and you may have better success with that. Lots of people are going to those hybrid clubs. They have for years because yeah. of the effect of that. One
2: more quick question sometimes
3: about... Sometimes they're just flat out easier to hit.
2: One, yeah. more, one more quick question about a 5-wood. I can hit my 5-wood more easily and sometimes further than I can my 3. Is that basically... Three wood? A 3-wood? 3-wood, yeah. Is, is that just a yeah, question of confidence? Not surprise. or surprise. Okay, why? No,
3: the question of clubhead speed. Okay. Um, there's an awful lot of people out there, John, who have uh, clubhead speed enough to get uh, enough loft on the ball initially to get the ball up in the air with a 3-wood or a 5-wood. But you might not have enough clubhead speed to keep a ball in the air with a 3-wood because it's got lower loft where you need a little bit higher ball speed and a little bit more spin to keep the the shot that you just hit with a three-wood up into the air longer. So sometimes people will have, have a hard time hitting a three-wood as far as they do their five. Huh.
2: Well, at least I'm not alone. Right. I like that because I, I, I like not being right. alone. I like not being strange.
3: Right. I didn't want to just cut it yeah i didn't want to say it in a short quick manner like geez john you just don't have enough club at the speed to hit a three wood well um i didn't want to say that i wanted to drag that out just a little bit longer yeah. so then i could repeat myself
2: yeah and just say hey john you're too freaking old to hit a three wood give it up all right we're going to come right back we're going to be talking about a lot of cool stuff we're going to talk about uh you know how to get fitted for a putter why putter heads are big and why you probably could use one and a whole lot more and in a, a fun alternative uh uh, format to, uh, to get to when you're on the golf course. We are those Weekend Golf Guys. We're coming back. Yeah, hope you will too. And Jeff Smith is ready to go. He wants to see your video. Just go to facebook.com slash guys. You can get all the details there.
6: I've owned my company for 14 years now, and I can tell you that payroll is a four-letter word. I hate doing it. It eats up hours I don't have, and it costs me money I could be saving, but my accountant's too expensive, and I'm not sure who to call. But I know I need help. We're Paychecks, and we take all the hassles out of small business payroll. We save you time and money. It's easy. Call, fax, or give us your payroll information securely online, and we take care of the rest. We calculate the correct taxes, manage payments and direct deposits. We even send out your checks. Payroll doesn't need to be a four-letter word anymore. We're so sure that we can save you time and money that we'll give you a month's payroll free. Just for calling 877-376-2829. Get one month's payroll for free. Call Paychecks right now. 877-376-2829. That's 877-376-2829.
4: Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get on board with the tax admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits.
1: Don't pick on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill sometimes. I can even get it zeroed out completely.
4: We're an A-rated company with over 30 years experience helping people clean up their mess with the irs and we have a 95 percent customer satisfaction
5: rating
1: if you owe ten thousand dollars or more to the irs are facing an audit a lien or levy then call me right away
5: call 800-329-2708 again that's 800-329-2708 800-329-2708 800-329-2708 hey
2: jeff i gotta come to you man i need some help out playing golf last weekend, four of us,
7: at least two of them, outdrove me on a regular occasion. To, you know, to pick up your club head speed, you know, I have found these, these training aids that are just the world's best thing I've ever seen. Uh, Super Speed Golf has some training aid sticks, and they've got this beautiful training program that goes with them that you can get online. My clients have picked up a lot of clubhead speed and a lot of distance in a relatively short period of time. I'm more impressed with this than I am with anything else that I've ever seen on the market to make people swing their club faster. And we all know that's what, you know, one of the big factors in producing distance.
2: That's right. Faster equals longer. That's what I'm looking for, man. Longer by being faster. Superspeed, what's what's the website? Where do I go?
7: Superspeedgolf.com. Go to superspeedgolf.com. Pick up some of these sticks. uh, Go through their training program. It is eye-popping how much distance you'll pick up.
2: And Welcome back. We are those Weekend Golf Guys from the Encore Golf Studios. John Ashton right here. Boy, they're nice and warm, these Encore Golf Studios. I like it because it's still a little chilly outside here in the uh, in the Bluegrass State. And down in the uh, Volunteer State where Mr. Jeff is plying the roads in the Golf Guys Mobile Studio. It's uh, a little bit more comfortable, but you're headed back to the frigid tundras of Indiana, the Plain and Simple Golf School in Columbus. So That's right. Yeah. It'll be nice That's to right. be kind of static for a while cuz you've been on the road ever since like a week before the PGA show Way man this much. is this is a month of on the road stuff for you. In fact, last week you couldn't yeah. even make it. You were so far on the road, so no. far out in the hinterlands, we couldn't even find a yeah. signal for you. So uh
3: Well, it was it was a good trip. Uh that one was. I'm sorry about not being able to make the show but uh Certainly a worthwhile
2: trip. I understand. Uh, I understand, so. and you're forgiven. You know, one out of fifty-two, we, we we'll allow. Uh, don't don't be going for two out of fifty-two though. We're going to have to rework your contract. I was on I was on
3: vacation, but yeah. wanted to thank You're a permanent vacation are you?
2: And wanted to <laughs> wanted to thank uh, Brooke Watts from Star Ranch in Austin for capably filling in for you. You may be in jeopardy of your job, buddy. I'm just saying, uh, she does sound a lot. Prettier I know she than sounds you.
3: better than I do. She
2: too. certainly does. Yeah, man. she does. But one of the conversations we had that I wanted to address with you is one of the exercises she gives her students on short game is uh, she's got multiple lengths on her tee, short lengths, like 40-yard, 50-yard, 80-yard, 100-yard. And and she'll put 10 balls down in front of a student and say, "Okay, how many of these can you get on the green at 40 yards?" You know, cuz that's a shot if you're 40 yards out, you can't think you're only going to make it 80% of the time or 70% of the time. You got to you got to be confident enough to know that from 40 yards out you're going to put that that ball on the green or you're not going right. to score well at all, right? Right. So that's mm-hmm. one thing to to build up confidence and build up technique with with the different clubs, but then she will do the same thing, but she will determine what club you use. Right. And you have to make the adjustment whether in grip or in... Instantly. Yeah. Uh, so what kind of adjustments are you looking like You can get a pitching wedge in your hand, because a lot of us don't carry a full complement of wedges. You know, at least in my head, my excuse for not being able to hit a ball accurately 110 yards is I don't have a, a gap wedge. And then she went on to tell me how what she does to her students, which made that excuse just totally worthless.
3: Correct. Did, yeah. she, did she tell you how she beats them over the head with a wedge? <laughs> <laughs>
2: no. I didn't think she wanted that broadcast, so... Uh, The authorities wouldn't know. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. So uh, I have a pitching wedge, which I can hit consistently, accurately, 120 yards. What do I do if I got my pitching wedge in my hand and I only have to go 110?
3: You know, this happens quite a bit to people on the golf course because, you know, the the cart's way over there, and they've walked over, and they realize that, you know, they they didn't bring the right club,
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
3: or they simply, in your case, don't have the right club for that yardage and so then what they must do is make do So there are adjustments that you can make you know you can begin to grip down you can begin to make your swing slower you can make your swing shorter you can change the ball position around i've worked with an awful lot of people to get them to um maybe open up their stance a little bit put the ball in a different place so that when they come down the ball is being struck with a club moving in a different direction, and maybe it's not moving as hard that direction either. So I mean, there's a lot of small little adjustments you can make. Sometimes you can you can change your foot position by dropping your left foot back. You know, your, your if you're a right-handed golfer, that'd be your lead foot. Right. Drop it back about half a foot, and then what happens is it cuts off your your backswing, and thus making it a little bit shorter. And as you come down through, it helps you come down and kind of cut across it a little bit. And then so it, it pops up into the air a little bit more. So it has a little bit higher trajectory on a shot like that. Uh-huh. And it won't travel quite as far. Have a little bit of spin when it gets there. There's all kinds of small little adjustments that can be made in every part of the setup.
2: This this is another one of those things where, I mean, the, there is no formula. There's no chart. Choke down two inches on the... Uh, the grip of your pitching wedge, and you're going to cut 10 yards off of it or anything. This is something that you're actually going to have to take to a range, take a bucket of balls and, and the clubs that uh, you want to get familiar with and and actually practice.
3: I know that's hard for you to say. It is. So I'll let you try it again. Go ahead.
2: No, never Go mind. Go ahead,
3: Mr. Iverson. Let's see if it's practice. See if you can do it.
2: <laughs> practice. Uh, the dreaded P word. Um, but, I mean, there there isn't any – Chart or any rule of thumb or anything like that. You have to.
3: There's a few things that that there's somewhat of a a, a chart as as say you know about gripping down and changing foot position at the same time uh-huh. that can reduce the swing arc. And there are some things that can increase the swing arc, and then that but then you're still dealing with the thing that you know that's the major player and the energy that you're swinging the club with because. We've all seen Phil Mickelson. As wonderful a short game player as he is, sometimes he hit, and the ball still doesn't travel very far and people think, like, well, wait a minute, his swing was long. How did he make it go short? Obviously, it was long and very soft. Yeah. As opposed to a shorter, firmer shot that would actually put more energy into the golf ball. So the number one thing that we can adjust is really our level of effort that we're swinging with. But there are certain people that try to uh, reduce either the swing arc and so it's not swinging as far back and through, or they're trying to get a little bit closer to the low point, which puts it in a different place on the face, and it pops it up in the air a little bit differently and provides more spin. So there are lots of ways and little factors, but the number one thing is how much energy we're actually swinging with.
2: A totally non-related question, but one that just triggered it in my skewed brain here with your conversation, especially about Phil. How good a player do you have to be before you won't cringe when you see guys messing with the the head of the club, trying to open it up and things like that, like Mickelson and and other PGA pros do?
3: Well, you know, I think that there's a combination of two things. Uh, Skill, which comes from practice. I know, John, uh, this is hard for you to hear this. Uh, um, but the people who have practiced enough to acquire a skill to a certain level, and the other piece is what's the wedge in their hand? What's the bounce angle of the club? How wide is the sole plate? What is the grind on the club? Because some are set, already that to have ground off the heel a little bit, and so it can sit a little bit more open and sit square, um force to the ground where the leading edge is not up because they've made a grind.
2: That's what happens when you get the guru out in the middle of nowhere. Okay, we're about to make some bad noise here. You need to hang up. Uh, the middle of nowhere, Tennessee. I think he was about to say something really, really profound, but we'll never know. We'll never know. will remain a mystery. Will he ever return? Will he ever (laughs) return? His fate is still unlearned. Oh, what a pity. (laughs) We will be back. I just want to let you know that if you haven't practiced, take it from me, from experience. I've watched people do this. Not that I would try. But if you try to uh, emulate one of those Mickelson greenside flop shots and you do it by opening, that is a recipe for disaster.
4: That's a Blade
2: Runner. I'm just saying. We are those weekend golf guys. We're going to go find Jeff Smith, and we will be right back. Don't you move. Hey, Jeff, I was watching the Golf Channel, believe it or not, the other day, and they did this thing on drivers, and they were showing where on the face of a driver you get the best reaction. And they said that, you know, you hit it below the equator, you're going to lose like 10 to 20 yards. If you hit it on the heel, you're going to lose space. The best place to hit it is in the uh, upper quadrant by the toe.
3: Yeah, most of the drivers today are kind of built that way where, I think what they did is they may have figured out where most of the people have been hitting it anyway, and they kind of put the hot spot over, you know, where it's like a little above the center of the club and a little bit toward the toe, you know, thinking that they could get people to hit it a little bit farther. But you know what? There's so many people out there that can't hit it there, regardless of the one little spot they put it. There's people can't hit it anyway. Yeah. So, you know, you're struggling.
2: I was going to say, that's the whole thought yeah. b- between what Dean, Dean Knuth did with the high heat driver is make the whole face yeah, a sweet knew that. spot. Yeah.
3: He knew that the average amateur golfer, he can't pick out what spot on the club he's going to hit it. He had to make it so the whole thing was hot. Yeah. So, no matter, you know, he designed it. When he was telling us about how he designed that thing, I was completely amazed. He taught me something that I did not know the center of gravity on his club is actually below the center line and it's the only club that's ever been on the market that the lower the center gravity of the club is actually below it he moved it around so that that every place was a hot spot on the face so I mean what a perfect driver built for the average guy because the average guy can't pinpoint where the heck he's going to hit the ball on the face uh, you know exactly
2: you will make fewer mistakes fewer mistakes fewer bad shots knuth golf knuthgolf.com dot They're going to uh, ask you if you want to buy one. Where you heard about it? Tell them you heard about it from those weekend golf guys. And the whole club will cost you seventy dollars less. All right, you are going to get a seventy dollars discount because you are our listeners. Knuth Golf, knuthgolf. dot It's a high heat driver. The entire face is a sweet spot. You need one. And welcome back to the Encore Golf Studios. You gotta check out that new ball. It's almost March, the Avant Ball. The imperative form of the Italian word to go. Avanta. And uh, and it does Avanti. too. I've used it and it and it does yeah. and it does well. But anyhow, the Encore Golf Studios Welcome in. John Ashton here in the very same aforementioned studios. Jeff Smith in the uh, in the mobile Golf Guy studio somewhere in the hinterlands of Tennessee. And we're going to go down to a buddy of ours, Mike LaFrance from Doe Valley Country Club in uh, Brandenburg, Kentucky. And one of the reasons why we're going to go to him is because he is a friend of ours, so he answers our phone calls. Uh, with no questions asked, which, that's great. But he's also uh, a member in good standing of the Seymour Putter Institute, which, oh, yeah. which means you you can explain to me what the uh, the guy at the PGA show named Corey was doing for thirty minutes as he kept handing me different putters and told me to stroke this ball over here and hit this ball over here and try to miss the cup. That what what was he doing?
0: Well, I think the ba- the basic thing that they're trying to do is number one, get the correct length that's that works for you. Mm-hmm. Length is a key thing, and then uh, after you, the, the right comfort of the length, then they're looking at the lie angle of the putter to make sure the lot the putter lies flat to the ground, so that uh, you, the toe is not up or the heels not up. It just lies flat. And when I'm looking at a Seymour, because a Seymour putter, when you you lean over and you're looking at the the rifle scope technology that you're supposed to cover up the red dot. Right. And the putter has to lay flat so that the toe doesn't dig in or the heel so that the putter, when you're swinging that putter or stroking it, it doesn't tend to flare open or close when you're putting.
2: You know, I was playing golf with a guy the other day, and I noticed he's got one of these, you know, super-duper, like I used to have B1 bomber kind of looking putters with all kinds of uh-huh. wings and stuff on it. But his toe was elevated, not the toes of his foot, the toe of his putter.
0: Putter. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and I kind of wanted to say, I don't think you're supposed to do it that way, buddy. <laughs> but I didn't. I kept my mouth shut because what do I know?
0: But the only thing, but I can also say this, in our recollection of past history, remember Ioki, I say oh, Ioki, uh and he was, you know, close with Nicholas and all those guys, but he putted, and the putter leaned on the heel of his putter, and the toe stuck way up. I mean... But that's the way he did it.
2: Uh, I guess if but it if it works for you,
0: if it works, I mean you've practiced hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. But the easy thing with the with the Seymour putter is by getting the putter to the lay flat, and you use the rifle scope technology, which is cover up the red dot, and when you stroke the ball, your stroke is going to be more is going to be more consistent, and that's what yeah. that does for you. So. But also by lying flat, it's not going. The toe won't catch, nor will the heel. And you should, and your putter should be coming through straight on the line that you're aiming on.
2: Yeah, we need to get like a laser scope on those things. Right. I mean that rifle one. scope is cool and it helps a whole lot, but
0: it helps a whole lot.
2: You know, maybe a homing device. <laughs> we could work on that, Jeff. You were about yeah. to you're about to jump in, man. You you've got kind of a funky uh, s- setup with your with your own putter, but uh, jump on in here with te- teaching expertise? You well,
3: know, you were making mention of, uh, of people that putt uh, with the toe in the air, and, and Mike certainly chimed in with this Aoki, one of, the, one of the greatest putters. It was certainly angled very much with toe in the air. The, the thing that everybody needs to know is, you have to aim significantly right, because when the toe is in the air, the putter face is actually pointed further left, and that's something that, that John, you need to remember uh, but now that you've been fit properly for your your Seymour putter, that you might not have to remember that anymore.
2: Yeah, that's one but, of the things uh, I've, I'm going to forget know.
3: now. Well, now it's you know with the putter laying flat on the ground, it's going to be easier for you uh, of aiming it where you think you should be aimed. I need to get because both. that putter is flat on the ground and it's it it's is seated properly. Yeah,
2: and it's much easier to aim. But I need to get both y'all's opinion on this. I got I got the giant and the head on this putter is massive. It's it's not quite as big as my head. There is nothing as big as my head. Okay. You can okay. ask anybody. A frame of reference there. But the head on this putter is is very, very large, and it's also heavy. And that's one of the questions I asked. You know, do you like a light putter? Do you like a heavy putter? I like a heavy putter. It it just, for some reason, it feels more comfortable to me. But is the size of this head just for the weight, or is there something else that it's going to help me with because the head is so large?
0: There's two things. I think it's for easier alignment, but mm-hmm. it might be because of the weight, if you want a heavier putter. Yeah. A Couple of years ago, there was a company that was called Heavy Putter, and that was supposed to give you a smoother stroke. So it's possible.
2: One of the things we ran into down the PGA show for the second consecutive year is the Cure Putter, which you can actually add yeah. weight to, and that that too has a massive head.
3: It does. Which um, which one? So, the
2: Cure. Here's... the Cure, as in you know, oh,
3: the, the Cure. cure putter, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Cure what ails you,
3: John? One of the things I think about, uh, John. One of the things I think about when you're talking about this massive putter, try to imagine. It being harder to move because the weight is even further out. So think of it as the Titanic, and what it would take to try to to quickly steer the Titanic one direction or the other. It would be slow to twist, wouldn't it?
2: Mm, okay,
3: that's one. Of, that's one of the things that they get these bigger putters. Like we mentioned the cure putter right there. If you remember on the cure putter when you can add weight to it, it's always on the toe or on the heel and the farther away it is, right, the harder it is to twist.
2: Yeah, right. so once you once you go through the alignment process with the with the rifle scope, which is really cool, man, it's red dot at, at the heel of the putter head, mm-hmm. just just cover it up with the shaft and wherever the line on the putter head is aiming, that's that's where you are square to. So rather yeah. than having to do a two-element a two element alignment to the cup, all you have to do is a one-element alignment. You just have to make sure that you are aiming where you want to aim. You no longer have to first aim where you want to aim and then make sure that the putter head is square so that you actually hit it to where you're aiming. Makes it m- much easier. And not twisting anywhere as easily, that's that's a good point and uh, probably is the reason in – and much appreciated on the part of amateurs who have no idea what they're doing once they start that backswing with a putter.
0: Yeah, that's the toughest Sometimes thing Sometimes it's a really
3: good idea for them not to know. <laughs> 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 you know, if they're thinking about it, they're going to have a hard time making any any flowing, easy-moving stroke. Sometimes people think too much, and then their hands start to wobble around, and they start to twist the putter and do things because they're actually thinking about it, actively thinking that they're trying to do something in their backswing, and... Boy, that's a rough thing. Yeah, It's a rough thing. It's much easier to set it up properly um, for your body and for your eyes and then just kind of let the stroke just flow through. It's so much easier.
2: Mike, you guys have been thinking down there. You've got, what I was reading, uh, got, got your email today, a, a one-club tournament yeah. this weekend. That's That sounds like fun. I've never played in one of those. But actually, it's a two-club because you do get to take a putter with you, you get too, to right? You
0: use your putter. Basically, yeah. Basically, we we're gonna we were gonna have this at our New Year's Day event, but I had some people that didn't want to play it, so I <laughs> rescheduled it for Valentine's, and it was actually going to be last Saturday, but it was seventy degrees, so I didn't. So this week it's only going to be fifty. So the players I <laughs> want, but it's a very fast format. But whatever club you pick, that's the one you have to hit all your shots with. Whatever shot you have to do, and then it's an alternate shot A B C D. So the A player starts the hole and the B player hits the second, C hits the third, so on and so forth. Whoever puts out, the next player has to drive with whatever club they have chosen. Ah. And a couple of years ago I had a senior guy, he chose a pitching wedge as his club, I don't know why. <laughs> but but he chose a right. pitching wedge as his club and he had to drive on 6 of the holes out of 18. <laughs> so it you know, I said, well, but it's a it's a fun it's just a fun fast format. Uh, people were requested to want to play it, so we're going to do it.
2: Now, when, when, with the alt shot, alt shot I've always thought is the best way in the world to lose friends. Um, you, I, I got the impression from the email that you put the teams together. You can't just bring four people and say, okay, right. we're a team.
0: Right. This is going to be a blind draw, A, B, C, D. Yeah. <laughs> so, you got, so you don't have to be with your friends. You, I'm going to put you with somebody and, well... <laughs> There you go. I guess
2: I guess that that goes back to Clint Eastwood. Hey, punk, you feeling lucky? <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: feeling
3: lucky.
2: No, well, it's going to be fun. Yeah, drinking heavily prior to. Oh, yeah, I give
0: them Valentine's beverages at the beginning. <laughs> I won't tell you what. There we is. go. Uh, <laughs> there but, we go. But
2: they're red. That's all that counts. They're red. man. They're all red. right. They're red. So, right. Mike Lafrance with the uh, Dove Valley Country Club down in Brandenburg. Uh, Kentucky. And uh, if you're in the area, it's just another one of those fantastic golf courses that we have all over this state. If you're traveling, I mean, it's, it's not too late. We still see Michigan cars all over the interstate here on their way to Florida. Give yourself a couple days and stop and play some of the golf courses that you're going to come across driving down the highway here in, uh, in the Kentucky area and the Tennessee area before you get down to Florida where all the golf courses look alike, and they're overpriced this time of year. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But uh, check it out. Mike, thanks for spending some time with us here, I man. I
0: appreciate your call.
2: And we'll, uh, we'll be down there in a little bit, man. I'm not going right. to do a one club, but uh, at least not hey, this week. you might weekend.
0: want to come for the Green Beer Open.
2: That, uh, uh, that altogether is a possibility. Green Short.: Beer Open short is, uh,
0: individual stroke play. Play your own ball.
2: Short and Bogota, We may see you 19. on St. Patty's Day, man.
0: St. Patrick's Day, Green Beer Open, March
2: 19th. Sounds good to me. Thanks, Mike. All right. Take it easy. Thank man. you guys. All right. And we will be right back. Don't you move. We are those weekend golf guys. You can always follow us on Twitter. It is twitter.com at WKND Guys. On Twitter, that's where we are. We do stuff every once in a while. That's absolutely worthwhile.
4: Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get on board with the tax admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits.
1: Don't take on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill sometimes. I can even get it zeroed out completely.
4: We're an A-rated company with over 30 years' experience helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. And we have a nice... 95% customer satisfaction rating.
1: If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away.
5: Call 800-329-2708. Again, that's 800-329-2708. 800-329-2708. 800-329-2708.
2: Hey Jeff, I gotta come to you, man. I need some help. I was playing golf last weekend. Four of us, at
7: least two of them, outdrove me on a regular occasion. To you know, to pick up your club head speed, you know, I have found these these training aids that are just the world's best thing I've ever seen. Uh, Super Speed Golf has some training aid sticks, and they've got this beautiful training program that goes with them that you can get online. My clients have picked up a lot of clubhead speed and a lot of distance in a relatively short period of time. I'm more impressed with this than I am with anything else that I've ever seen on the market to make people swing their club faster. And we all know that's what, you know, one of the big factors in producing distance.
2: That's right, faster equals longer. That's what I'm looking for, man. Longer right. by being faster. Super speed. What's what's the website? Where do Super. I go?
7: superspeedgolf.com go to superspeedgolf.com pick up some of these sticks uh, go through their training program it is eye-popping how much distance you'll pick up
2: and we are here still those weekend golf guys live in the midst of the encore golf studios Jeff Smith is live in the uh, golf guys mobile studio who is uh, now uh, tooling his way up Interstate 65 on the way home to the Gulf Cave at Columbus, Indiana. I'm John Ashton, and we just uh, talked last segment. Hope you got That's to right. hear it for with uh, Mike LaFrance, who is the, uh, the head pro at Dove Valley Country Club. It's a nice course. And, again, just want to reiterate, if you're traveling, and well, I think they say 62% of the population of the United States is within a five-hour drive of this area. That's why UPS put their hub here. It's almost centrally located, even though geographically it's Denver. But as far as, you know, people are concerned, this is like the middle of the country. Um, so if you're coming through here, stop. Give yourself a couple extra days. Stop. we got so many great golf courses that are so inexpensive to play. How
3: and about you, Mr. Kentucky State Chamber of Commerce guy? Yeah. All right.
2: I just want to – I just, you know, thrilled to death because I have lived in places where you, you go to play golf and you're shelling out $75, $8,500. To play eighteen holes, which kind of puts a crimp in your ability to play often, but when it's thirty-five to $45, 50 bucks to play at a very, very well-designed, well-kept, well-maintained, and well-run golf course, that makes it so much more enjoyable. That's it. End of end yeah. of uh, commercial. Let's move on. One of the things that they're doing I down mean at.
3: You play it twice.
2: Yeah, you play it twice. That's right. One of the things they're doing down at Doe Valley this weekend is a, a one-club golf tournament. I have never played in one of those, but I was thinking as Mike was explaining the rules, uh, and in case you missed it, it's it's a four-person alternate shot, A, B, C, D, and it's in order. Uh, so if you pot out on the hole number one, whoever follows you tees off. So it's not like, you know, A player tees off on every hole. It's constant rotation, you can only take a putter and one other club with you out on the course, and I was just sitting here as he was talking about what what would I take, and I think I'd take my my four hybrid
3: you would huh
2: yeah, because I can why hit, would
3: you choose that why would you use that club
2: well, because if I were teeing off, I could hit that depending on you know phase of the moon anywhere from one eighty to two hundred yards right which is even from a tee off situation. Is, is a decent yardage to get you out there. Um in shorter things like you were saying earlier in the show, it's a it's an iron or you set up like an iron, you use it like an iron. It's shorter so you've got more control over it. I can choke down on it and shorten my backswing and hit it with authority, but not quite as far. And I can also use it to to chip, kind of a Texas wedge kind of thing. I could use it if I were right. to get in trouble. If I were if if, you know, my partner who preceded me puts me in the rough. It's a much better club for getting out of the rough than would a wood, And it, I think it's just, just right. more adaptable to more situations that you'd run into since you can't determine in what order or where on the course you're going to be when it becomes your turn to, to shoot. I just think it would be uh, probably the smartest choice for me.
3: Sounds to me like you've given it a lot of thought on club, club management, you know, golf course management, too.
2: No, I've just given it a lot of, you know, I've given it as much thought as you can during a three-minute commercial break.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've played in one-club tournaments before, and I've played uh, using one club. uh, I do it at least one time every spring when I work with the uh, the high school kids. Okay. And uh, I have a goal all the time. And so far, I've not quite reached my goal, but I'm awfully close. I'll go out and I'll take an 8-iron, and that's my one club. Really? Because, yeah, I can hit the 8-iron the 155 yards in the air, full swing. And so I know that after my first shot, my ball will be in play. Right. 155 yards out. I know that you're familiar with that, and that's a good thing. hmm Now, I'm doing it with an 8-iron, and then I'm going to hit another 8-iron, And I'm also going to be in play, and now I've hit it, you know, 155 yards twice. So now I'm already within, on my third shot, I'm within that 8-iron distance for sure on almost every hole except a par 5. Yeah. I now am learning to to do what we did before on on put a different club in your hand and learn how to hit it a certain distance so I can hit these, a bump and run shot with an 8-iron. I assume that I'll still be in the middle of a fairway. Uh, and there's room for me to do that. Uh, I can hit a soft, gentle pitch shot with an 8-iron by moving the ball up a little bit in my stance and opening the face a little bit. I can chip well with an 8-iron. I can putt with the leading edge of an 8-iron. I can hit bunker shots with an 8-iron by putting the ball a little bit more forward and opening up the face a little bit. I can do an awful lot of things with an 8-iron, and i found that um, so far, playing from the normal men's keys at... At, at most golf courses were a sixty-five hundred yard golf course uh, on eighteen holes, but for nine holes of that, at the normal men's length, um, you know my best is forty-one. Wow! And, and that's including putting with putting with the leading edge of my eight iron, where the only thing I had in my hand was the eight iron, and I, you know, I had a tee and, and a and a pitch stakes tool and a golf ball, but other than that, that was that's it. I would see where so, taking if I'm gonna go play in a one club tournament, I'm going with an
2: eight hybrid. I could see we're we're taking my um my four hybrid could become problematic from a shot if I were left with a shot from a greenside bunker. At which point I think probably what I just do is I just screw the shot up, knowing I was gonna screw the shot up, blame it on the guy in front of me and leave it <laughs> leave it to the guy behind me to fix. <laughs>
3: <You> know? <laughs>
2: See, I've thought of everything. <laughs> what, if you to
3: play, what if you had to play you know, all the shots with the club you chose? That's the fun part. Yeah. And and like I said, I've done that uh as in a in a teaching moment with I'll take high school kids out because the, the thing that makes them the, the maddest is that I'm beating them <laughs> and I'm shooting forty one, forty two, forty three and I'm winning. Yeah. And they're not shooting that because you see, they they insist on hitting a driver off every hole that they could hit a driver on, and they're not that straight, which means their first shot is significantly farther than mine, maybe, Um, but it's certainly significantly farther off line, and their second shot is not from the fairway going to the fairway. It is a punch-out shot of some kind, and sometimes they get smacked behind a tree, and the tree swats their ball down, and now they've hit two shots, and they're still behind a tree, or they're still in thick rough. And they're plenty far from the green. So my third shot is easier than their third shot. From a course management standpoint, you know, I keep pounding into their brains a little bit, where is your ball on the course after your first shot? Yeah. Where is it after the second shot? Where is it after the third shot? Do you have a chance to putt for a par or a bogey? Do you have that chance based on what you've done to yourself? And so, from a course management standpoint, I stress an awful lot of those things about where's your ball. So far, in three three years' time and in six attempts at doing this, I'm undefeated with the high school kids, because they get angry that there's this old guy out there beating them with mm-hmm. an eight iron, and he puts <laughs> with the eight iron, too. See, and that's also a mental strategy on the golf course as well, telling them how to control their emotions. Yeah. Because... They're so wrapped up in, they're getting beat by a guy hitting an 8-iron, and then they're going to grab something and they're going to try to hit something harder, which is also a good uh, lesson in terms of not just course management, but self-management on how to play the game better, how to control yourself, and how to learn from the guy who's winning, as opposed to just being mad that the guy's winning and and swinging harder. Because that's what most... Most of the young kids will do. They just get out there and they just swing harder because they're angry.
2: You know, I uh, kind of a related topic here. I had an epiphany a couple weeks ago um, on the golf course. Uh-huh. I, I was about maybe forty yards away from a green after a horrendously fantastic tee shot on a on a horrendously short
3: par four. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I I took my lob wedge and I and I knew that you know, a full swing would would be over. So I, I practiced on doing like a three-quarter swing, but I concentrated on making sure that I was coming through the ball with force. You know, a lot of times if you're doing a, sh- a shot that's shorter than you know you can do with the club you have in your hand, you you try to back off of it a little bit, which winds winds yeah. up just screwing up the shot completely. So... I did that, a much shorter backswing, maybe maybe halfway, but then just concentrated on making sure that I was accelerating as I struck the ball, and I, I swear to you, man, I put it about maybe a foot from the pin on the green. That's exciting. And it was like, wow, that's what they say when they say accelerate through. This is what they mean. <laughs> it works. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it works. Yeah. So, I just want to say here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm amazed that it took you that long to feel that.
3: <laughs>
2: the Jeff Smiths of the world, they're right. Try it. It works. Hey, listen, we work too. When you can catch us back here next week, uh, the same place at the same time, hopefully. And we will be uh, talking about uh, swing speed and, and other things next week. Also, want you to download our apps, they're free from the uh, iTunes Store or the Android Marketplace, and you can catch our show anytime you feel like it. Uh, Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash golfguys. Follow us on Twitter at WKNDGolfGuys, or just check out the website, thoseweekendgolfguys.com. I covered all the bases. Go out and play some golf. We will see you next week right back here. Bye.
4: Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get on board with the tax admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits.
1: Don't take on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill sometimes. I can even get it zeroed out completely.
4: We're an A-rated company with over 30 years' experience helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. And we have a 95% customer
5: satisfaction rating.
1: If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away.
5: Call 800-329-2708. Again, that's 800-329-2708. 800-329-2708. 800-329-2708.